May the words of my mouth and the thoughts of all our hearts be now and always acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our strength and our redeemer. We're in the, the glorious season of Easter, uh, where we remember and rejoice in the resurrection of Christ. And we remember again the, the stories that um, uh, uh, occur in the Gospels as Jesus meets his disciples after his resurrection. And each of these resurrection stories has its own beauty and power. Um, the truths uh, contained within different stories are, are almost like um, different faces on a on a diamond or a jewel. You think, as we did on Easter Sunday, of the, the message of the angels uh, in Mark's gospel to the women, go tell my disciples and Peter, and that lovely inclusion there for Peter who has betrayed and disowned Jesus. Remember in John's Gospel, you get that amazing conversation between uh, the risen Jesus and Mary, who doesn't recognise him at first and thinks he's a gardener until he says her name. Uh, and then last week we, we had to think about um, Thomas and uh, Thomas wanting to be able to put his hands uh, into Jesus' wounds to believe. And today we're thinking about this story of the, the road to Emmaus, which is another beautiful moment when the risen Christ appears to his followers, to disciples, there is an encounter and there is transformation. And I want to try and think about this story for a, a few minutes together now. We meet these, these two followers. Uh, we don't really know who they are. We learn one of their names, Cleopas, um, and his companion. And they are obviously part of the group who follow Jesus, although not one of the named disciples. And they have been in Jerusalem for the Passover feast and they are now walking away from Jerusalem. And that's not just a physical detail. It's actually a profound spiritual or theological statement. They have turned their backs on Jerusalem. They are going away from Jerusalem. And Jerusalem is, of course, the place where they had um, hoped that the, the new Passover, the new freedom, the new deliverance, the new redemption of Israel would come. They had gone there with so many hopes and so many expectations, and now they are going away, and those hopes and expectations are devastated. There's something about their body language sort of being downcast, almost looking at their feet as they walk along. And we, we know that um, uh, later on in the story, as they begin this uh, conversation, they say these, um, these remarkable words in, in verse 21. It says, but we had hoped. We were hoping. The hope is in the past. They are not hoping in the present. The hope is in the past. So these people are walking away with a set, as it were, of devastated hopes, you could almost say of broken dreams. And Jesus draws up alongside them and begins to walk with them. We don't know why they, are, they can't recognise him. There are sort of physical explanations for that. Were they looking into the setting sun and it was too bright? Were they physically looking down and they never actually looked at him properly? Was Jesus somehow cloaked or, or hooded? We don't know. Did God actually simply prevent them from recognising him? 
we don't know but they they don't recognize him but this this journey begins they begin to walk together jesus walks at their pace and begins a conversation and uh, he asks two lovely open questions he says what are you talking about what are you discussing and then he says when they've said a little bit he says what things these are lovely open-ended questions they're not yes or no questions and everything is closed down jesus gives them the opportunity to tell him what has happened and how they have responded to it he gives them the opportunity to tell him their feelings where they are at as it were as we would say where are you at tell me what is going on for you and that's when they begin to explain about uh, this this end of their hopes this end of their dreams that that all that they had wanted to happen in jerusalem hasn't happened and then after listening jesus speaks and it is a strangely um rebuking first line that he says um, he says how foolish you are and how slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken you can tell that jesus isn't british because a british person would never speak like that would they but there they are in the middle east and he goes straight for the jugular how foolish you are and how slow of heart to believe and jesus begins to unpack the story of salvation and this must have been the bible study to end all bible studies beginning with moses and all the prophets <clears throat> he explained to them what was said in the scriptures concerning him and something begins to kindle something begins to take light within them there is something about this conversation that has begun to say something new is happening and as they come towards their destination jesus looks as if he's going to go on further but they want him to stay and they urge him strongly they entreat him please stay with us and then we get this amazing moment when jesus takes the bread and breaks it and again we don't know why was it because he held his arms up to to hold the bread and his sleeves fell down was it something about the way he broke the bread perhaps they'd been there at the feeding of the five thousand or was it simply that god removed whatever it was that was blocking them from seeing who he is but they get it and suddenly everything is changed there has been encounter and now there is transformation no longer are they in you know sort of downcast and and away from jerusalem they're suddenly up and you can almost imagine their back straightening and saying come on we're going back and and through they go through the darkness and um, they don't know what's out there but they're going to go through the darkness and they go back to jerusalem back to where they all hoped it would happen and they find the other disciples and um as i was saying this morning at the 9 30 service you you could be forgiven for for them thinking sort of being ever so slightly crestfallen when they get there because they've they've got this amazing news you know we've we've met the risen jesus and um what do they find out they find out that he's met simon as well it is true the lord has risen and has appeared to simon and you sort of think hang on we've got the good news and and somebody else has got it as well but it it doesn't matter it doesn't matter 
they're back and Jesus has filled them with a new and renewed hope. Suddenly, all that they had hoped for is enlarged, is made bigger, because they were hoping for the redemption of Israel. But Jesus has opened up the way for the redemption of the world. What I want us to sort of think about and try to apply is our own sense of journey, of journeying along. Might our sense of journeying along be, at least from time to time, one of disappointment? Things that we had hoped for that maybe hadn't happened? Things that, that we expected which didn't materialise? And maybe Jesus draws up next to us and walks along. Maybe he's been there walking along all the time. It's just we didn't recognise him. And he asks us to tell him, how's it going? Where you are at? Where are you at? What's going on for you? Tell me. Talk to me. And maybe we can tell him our sense of disappointment, our sense of we were hoping, we had hoped, and he will listen. And then maybe when he's listened, he begins to speak. And as he speaks and as we begin to encounter him, we find that our hopes are rephrased, reframed, redefined and brought into his great hope. The hope of the recreation of the whole world. The fact that God will not give up on us and through the resurrection he has shown how much he loves us and we are drawn into this hope for the whole of creation. I want to try and give you an example and I hope you'll forgive me it's certainly against the backdrop of coronavirus and Covid and all the things that we've been encountering over the last 12 months this is a very very tiny disappointment so please please help me to keep it in perspective okay as you may know i've been wittering on for for years really about um a project at our church i hoped to reorder the inside of the building to change it around and to do a number of of, of lovely things which i thought would help the mission and ministry of our church to get our kitchen out from that pokey little bit where it is at the moment, which happens to be the only access to the garden as well, and um, and to move our toilets and to do lots of um, lots of very dynamic things, and everyone would see them and say what a very good vicar I was. And anyway, I decided after a long period of consultation and sort of hand wringing that the only way to get this done was to apply to the national lottery. And I've always been a bit sceptical of applying to the national lottery, and. Um, uh, and, I, and I did it with certain sort of trepidation, but um, but I did it and I filled in the form and I did the online thing and off it went. And a nice lady from the National Lottery rang me up and we had a conversation. And in the middle of, in the midst of the conversation, she, she said, you've done well to get this far. Um, we'll just see if you're going to get to the next stage. And then a couple of days later, she emailed me something which um, related to the next stage. And I was beginning to hope. I was hoping. 
And then on Friday, I got the dreaded email. And if you've ever been turned down for a job, you know what the email's going to say. It starts off by saying thank you. And then it says you've done really well. And then you said it's a really hard competition and you know what is coming. So they are not going to give us any money. And for 24 hours, I was grieving. I was grieving the loss of my project. I was grieving the loss of those dreams. And then I read this story again. And I said, well, Lord, have you been walking along all this time while I've been wittering on about this project? Have you been listening? Have you been walking along? Because if you have, and I hope and trust you have, then I want to give it back to you and you do with it what you want to do with it, because what you do with it will be better. It will be rephrased, reframed, reimagined, and it will be better. Now, that is just one tiny, tiny example. So many of you will have had so much greater disappointments, so much more important moments when you might say, I was hoping and it hasn't come to pass. This story reminds us that he is there even if we cannot see him, even if we do not recognise him. He is there walking with us and we can share our disappointments with him. And as he encounters us and we encounter him, he begins to transform our broken hopes into something much better, much richer, much fuller, something which is held in his hands. So wherever you're at in your journey, and if it's good and joyful and wonderful at the moment, that's great. Enjoy every moment of it. But wherever you are in your journey, remember that he is with you, walking alongside. You can share your feelings, deep and real and honest, with him. And he will encounter you. You will encounter him. And the moment of transformation is there for us all. Amen.